0: Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Nderu podcast, and I'm your host, Madhani. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is an author, blogger, and speaker, she has made significant business impacts in, the, in more than 30 years of her career in financial systems, consulting, and sales. She enjoys a challenge, being creative, and thinking outside the box. She has tremendous satisfaction from helping people to identify, pursue, and achieve their goals and dreams. Welcome onto the show, Hillary.
1: Thank you. It's great to talk to you.
0: It's an honor. So before we dive into our conversation, how are you today and what's one thing that you're learning during this pandemic?
1: Well, one of the th- today I'm great and uh one of the things I've learned is you know when the whole pandemic hit I realized I didn't have to be in a rush all the time and how stressed out I was just always moving, always in a hurry, always moving, you know, and and just like the whole thing—it's like the world stopped, and I could finally breathe. And I realized, you know, no matter what happens, I'm not going back to that. Um, I'm not going to back. It was like an adrenaline rush, you know, where your heart's beating fast, and I got to get here, and I got to get there, and I didn't have time for anything. Yeah. And now I make time. I smell the roses, <laughs> and I just—I take time for the, you know, enjoying life. And it's—it's. It's, it's been fabulous. I thank, I thank COVID for that. So yeah, yeah. that's what I've learned.
0: I mean, you and I both, I thank COVID as well. I was always in a rush, running from one meeting to another and just moving up and about. And, and I, when I look back, I'm just like, why was I so busy? But yeah, I'm thankful for COVID. Just slow things yes. down and enjoy the simple pleasures of life. Right. <laughs> yes. So as I introduced you, you, you are an author and the book is titled The Second Piece of French Toast. Could you tell us a little bit about that and why the title?
1: Well, um, the title, what I tell people is you really have to read the book to understand the title, um, I was originally going to call it what happened to Hillary, but people didn't like that. So I would kind of done a poll, um, but I'll just suffice it to say that I was, um, I was married and I thought that my only problem was my weight, that if I just lost this 20 pounds, I would have a good life and I'd be happy. And when I started losing weight, um, I, I realized I wasn't happy. And I, when I stopped numbing myself with food and alcohol, um, I realized I really didn't like my life, Um, but I kind of felt powerless and hopeless and like, there was nothing I could do about it. But so, so somehow, you know, I read success principles by Jack Canfield and I, um, started talking to people. you know, I got out of my own head and I started talking to people and realizing, wow, this isn't my fault and there's something I can do about my life. And so, you know, I actually took my power back and I took a look at a hard look at my life. and I really, you know, created the life of my dreams. Um, through, you know, I, from being stuck there to creating the life of my dreams. And I thought, you know, What if there's other people who are in that situation where they think, you know, I'm just stuck here. There's nothing I can do. You know, I want to inspire them. So I didn't want to just have it be my story. I wanted it to be other people's stories as well. And I so that's why I wrote the book, that if I could inspire, you know, at least one person, you know, maybe a woman, uh, you know, who thinks that this is just it and this is the best it's going to get um, to really take in a hard look at their life and creating the life that they've always dreamed of, then I was going to write it. So that's why I wrote the book.
0: Interesting perspective. So how would you let that woman know? She doesn't have access to your book. She hasn't bought your book yet. How do you help her to take a hard look at herself? Cause sometimes we don't want to look at ourselves and really self examine ourselves truthfully and look at our good, bad and ugly.
1: In my case, I was numbing, like whenever I would get to, like I'd be good on the diet from Monday to Thursday, and then on Friday, for some reason, I wanted, you know, pizza and beer, or margaritas and nachos, and they weren't really on my eating program. So like that, I would say if all of a sudden, you know, whatever your numbing method is for some people, you know, they take a a Xanax at night or they... I don't even know what other people's numbing is. You know, maybe I know some people, you know, for me, it was food and alcohol, I guess. For men, it could be gambling, sex, drugs, whatever. Like if there's a time when you say I'm uncomfortable and you do have a certain behavior so that you don't have to deal with your life, that would be like, oh, oh, look, look what I'm doing. I'm numbing myself. And just by being aware of that, You can actually look and say, see, okay, what's going on here that I don't want to feel and allow yourself to actually feel your feelings. That would be the first step. And from there, because, you know, if you're, when I was in a marriage that I, I really, it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I thought, well, this is just the way it is. You know, this is my lot in life. Like that was the first step. And then I could take a look at it and question it and say, well, is it, am I really stuck here? You know, do I not have any say in my life? Do I not have any power? And, and that's where I started looking, you know, it was, wasn't quick. It was painful. It was very painful, but by experiencing the pain, I got through to the other side to freedom. So that's that's what I would recommend as a first step.
0: Yes. Feel those feelings, even if they're painful and uncomfortable, and just take it one step at a time. So would you say that now where you're at, unstuck, living your best life, would you say that it has been a journey that you've enjoyed or it's a journey that you would not want to repeat it?
1: Oh, well, the two questions. I I mean, I did enjoy the journey uh, and I don't think I'd want to repeat it. You know, I think there's always the next thing. You know, there's always the next issue. You know, you're always growing, I guess. You know, right now I have a mother... You know, she's 91 and she has dementia and this is new. This is a new part of my journey. I don't like it. I'm sad. And, you know, I'm trying to be grateful to still have her, you know, so, but it's new. It's it's like uh, allowing myself to be sad is the first step, you know, pretending it's all fine and good. No, it's not. I would rather not see her this way. But I'm also grateful Just you know, so, so it's allowing myself the feelings. And once I do that, looking for something to be grateful for, you know, has helped me, you know, my, and, and, and also looking to see, well, what's my commitment? My commitment is that she experienced love, that she's enjoys her life, you know, to the last day. And that, um, I, you know, sometimes I'm not always patient. I'm not always, you know, I get frustrated, and I'll, you know, forgiving myself when I'm not the way I I think I should be. You know, just allowing my my humanity. So, um, you know, so so you know whatever the issue is, then sometimes there's a next one because this is life, and it's using the tools to, you know, be present to it. Experience your emotions and then you know try to create a new context that's more empowering than you know my my natural state is victim and something's wrong here. So you know you using my tools to then acknowledge that and create a new a new one.
0: I like the word that you've mentioned there, tools. So could you tell us the tools that you have? Do you have a course that is out there? and what do you take your people through to get unstuck
1: all right so i have a course and what what happens is people you know if they fear, if they're feeling stuck what they do is that you know they sign up for the course they can go to gettingunstuckwithhillary.com hillary is with 1 l h i l a r y and um they register for the course they come in and one of the first steps is they they get to you know take a look at their life and see which which is the most important part of their life they pick one area to work on we don't work on multiples we just pick one and then they get to you know really look at that area and tell their story and then they design you know what is it they really want you know and not listen to their brain limit them but really what would they really want and and then we create a plan to accomplish that um the second half of the course is actually creating a plan where you have doable, you know, small actions that you can take so that by the end of the course you have gotten unstuck. And, and people have um, you know, they've really had wonderful results. And and their aliveness returns. You know, there was one girl, you know, she wanted to do this thing with yoga and all that. And for years, She didn't know what was wrong with her. Why aren't I doing it? Why aren't I in action? And just through the course, she ended up putting on this event, charging people money, which she had never done. You know, she was donating it to charity, but she hadn't ever been able to ask for money. She had twice as many people as she wanted. And she was so lit up by the end. And she was like, you know, and you could see her on the testimonial. She was like, I feel free. And, you know, that's not the way she started. So that was just one of them. Um, Another girl, you know, she was stuck at work. She just wasn't taking the actions and she didn't know why. And what we uncovered was there was a conversation with her mother that had her stuck that she didn't know and once we uncovered it and we looked at it in a new you know a new perspective she has now gone on to be promoted and she's one of the stars at work like really and um i just watch and i'm like i did that you know i mean we did it together but but really that's not who she was before so people you know they don't know why they're stuck and that's by getting into the dialogue and by looking at it and telling their story and stuff we uncover that in a, in a, in a natural way. And um people get to move forward. You know, one, one woman uh, she's, she started doing comedy in the eighties and she went back to it about 10 years ago. And during COVID, she's really focused on it. And, you know, during the program, she just said she wasn't doing the work to get to the next level. And we uncovered why, and now she's a headliner. I mean, wow. I'm so proud of her. Wow. She's headlining. And so Oh, it's just, it's just beautiful, you know? So they get to fulfill their destiny and just like one, it's not even a big tweak, but just by being in the course, they've unleashed themselves. And it's really, really exciting to watch. Really great.
0: Those are great testimonials. Would you say there's a theme, a major theme that people go through that keeps them stuck? It's just their,
1: uh, limiting beliefs that they that they haven't distinguished. So when you haven't distinguished a thought so for example recently i you know i've started dating again and um i realized that i had this thought but it seemed true that men lie. <laughs> like they'll say whatever they have to say and yeah. then they'll drop you. And that came from my past but it wasn't distinguished. Well, it was definitely limiting how I related to men. But if I don't know that, that's just the way it is. So by getting into dialogue, we can uncover, you know, by talking about it, they can say it. And then you're like, oh, look at that one. You know, it's almost like by coming out of your mouth, you get to see it, you know, whereas before it comes out your mouth, it just the truth running your life, if that makes sense.
0: It makes Does that sense. make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. So now you've highlighted that it's the limiting beliefs that keep that's keeping someone stuck. How do you right. make them yeah. figure out which area they want to focus on, which area is important so that now they can start designing the plan to get them unstuck?
1: Well, they, they, there's our, I have, and we, two, we actually rate the, or week one, I think, we rate the areas of their life. And there's a whole scale, level of misery, you know, is it something you can control? How important is it? And they actually rate the areas, so they pick it. And then they, in week um, two, I know I'm mixing up my weeks, but anyway, then, no, week two, they tell a story. Week three, they actually get to s- close their eyes and visualize life without limits. And you know, what did you want as a child? You know, what like I had this relationship that I wanted from a child, but it was like, yeah, you know, I was resigned. What if there was no resignation? What if there was no limits? Right? And so, for example, the woman who's a comedian, she doesn't she doesn't want the fame, she wants to master that comedy. That's her dream, so i didn't I don't tell them what their dreams are. that was hers, and so she knew what she had to do, you know in the last half of the course to attain that. Do you see, yeah, so I just kind of uh facilitate it. I don't tell them they actually come up with it, and I ask the questions
0: that is good to hear if your younger self was seated across you, what would you tell her?
1: I would say believe in yourself. Don't listen to your thoughts because <laughs> they're not empowering and be bold.
0: And when you say be bold, be bold how? Well, when I was young, I I was not
1: afraid. You know, I I started at a consulting firm and they had me proofreading Technical documents, which was not exciting. And I just kind of popped my head out of my cube and said, Hey, who's got a job for me? And I ended up getting on these big engagements. I got to go to Germany and design a resource management in Heidelberg, Germany for the army, you know, for the US Army, because I wasn't afraid to speak up. You know, I just wasn't afraid and somehow that bold self got afraid as i got older like don't want to upset anyone be good politically correct you know and so i would say stay bold if there's something that comes to your mind say it go for it don't worry about failing if someone gets upset you can apologize you know i didn't i became like a people pleaser and doing what i thought they wanted instead of what was what was you know what was in my heart. So I would, I guess I would also say, be true to myself.
0: I hear you. We, we start shrinking back because we want to conform or someone told us something and it, you know, it hurt us. So let's just, you know, just dim our light and just blend in instead of just (laughs) being bold and doing what we were born to do. I see that. that. Yes. Yeah. So in your boldness, you helped a young entrepreneur raise $1 million to fund his project. How was that process?
1: Well, that was when I was, uh, we had had a 90-day plan and his goal was to raise a million dollars. And so what I do is I say, okay, here's the end. You've raised it. How'd you do it? And we worked backwards. So we had a plan and every week we would have a conversation and he, he took the actions. I just held him accountable for it. And if he was stuck, we would discuss it. What's in the way, what can you say? You know, we could mock it. And, um, and he did it, you know, he, he, he accomplished it. It was, it was great, you know, <laughs> but he did the work. I just kind of guided him. And, you know, when you create a plan and you work backwards with the end in mind, so the only day that you can take actions is today, right? Yeah. And if it's something, you know, you can pick up the phone, dial these numbers and say hello and I have a question or you know what you want to say, that's a doable action. You know, raising a million dollars, that's hard to do but making a phone call. So we break it down into manageable tasks that are definitely doable and easy. And, and that's how people fulfill on their plans.
0: I hear you. They've, they There might be someone who's out there who's saying, I have a plan. I have done these actionable steps. I've broken it down into small steps, but I'm not getting there. Um, how could you help them through that?
1: If they're taking the actions I don't want to be mean, but are they actually taking the actions? You know, we would look at the actions and say, okay, are you actually doing this? So that's one thing. The other thing would be maybe they're not the right actions. Like, have you worked with the end in mind? Have you visualized it happening? Do you believe in it? You know, um, and there there would be a few things to look at if their plan wasn't working. And it's not that complicated. It's really just getting into dialogue about it, you know? To take yes. a look. I mean, I, for example, you know, I've been doing Weight Watchers since, since I wrote my book and I realized I I was following the plan, but it wasn't working because I wasn't being honest. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being honest in my tracking. And I didn't, I, I was resistant to that because I didn't want to use up my points. <laughs> But it was but it wasn't working. So I just had a, you know that that was kind of a moment of clarity like, oh, this is why it's not working. Okay, great. now I'm honest, you know for the most part, not always but but it's only hurting me. But you know, had I not uncovered that, the plan would have continued not to work. you know we
0: have to be honest. we have to yeah. take a hard <laughs> look at ourselves. It's not easy, but feel the pain nonetheless. So I want to switch gears in our conversation and just ask some questions. Don't overthink them. And the first one would be, when do you feel the most in control? I think when I'm being present
1: that I'm actually just sitting right here and nothing's really happening. I can feel like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) If I start projecting or worrying I don't feel like I'm in control because I got the whole future planned and and it's not even happening. So I I would say when I'm right here, right now, I feel like I'm in control.
0: Nice. If you could interview a famous person, who would you choose?
1: The first one that comes to mind, and I don't know why, is Bette Midler. Really? (laughs) Yes. I just think that she's, so what I've created for myself as a fun, bold stand. And I just see her as that. I think she's fun. I think she's bold. You know, she doesn't seem to be afraid to be who she is. And, you know, and I don't know much about her. That's just, you know, the way I see her. But that's who came to mind. It's not, you know, someone, it's not a political person. It's, uh that, that's who always comes to mind. Oh, also, Oprah. I would want to just, you know, because also she's, you know, she's a bold stand. I don't know if she's fun. Maybe she's fun, but she's a bold stand for continuing to, you know, open up. I don't know if you'd call it the spiritual, but being present, you know, she's got all those people on and, and it's like the soul, super soul Sunday, you know, about the soul and connecting to the soul. And, and I would love to find out like, how did she just keep going when it wasn't, you know, it wasn't popular. You know, how did she just keep going in the face of, wow, you know, forging a new pathway? That's that's kind of what I want to do is
0: forging a new pathway. And how do you keep going when you can't see it, you know? And yeah. if you could throw away one of these two things, love or money, which one would you throw away? Money. Tell us a little bit more. Why money? Well, it's not so much I wouldn't
1: want to give up love. That's Mm. not that I want to get rid of money. I just wouldn't want to give up love because I believe that accessing love. And that's one of the things I've been practicing in the last couple of weeks is being love. And when I can be in that, I call it a realm, there's bliss and joy. And it's not a matter of how much money I have. It's really... That I can connect, you know, if you ever listen to like Deepak Chopra with, with, there's one consciousness, you know, we're all the same energy. We're all part of something. And I believe that's love, you know, it's coming from love. Anything is possible. Um, I don't think you access that through money. I mean, I love not that I love money, but I know money makes, it's, you know, I have a, I have a very big, uh, you know, insurance bill right now because my daughter was in the hospital. So money will help that, but I wouldn't give up loving my daughter to have that money. You know, I wouldn't give up not having her have been treated in the hospital to potentially save her life when she had an infection from her wisdom teeth, you know, so, so love I believe is, is richer than money. And I'm not throw, you know. I wouldn't want to throw away money because it makes it makes life easier. But it, it's not where I want to. I don't. You, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yes,
0: I do. I hear you.
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> Love is a good place to live at. Love makes you present. Love brings yes. joy. Love makes you be blissful, regardless of the circumstances mm-hmm. that you face. Yes. Would you be? Would you rather be able to control time? or be able to know what other people are thinking? I mean, yeah. So I don't, because I, I can't picture, like, does that mean
1: freeze time so that my mother, you know, could we go back in time where she doesn't have dementia? You know, I don't know. I don't know that I would want to do that. Would I want to know what people are thinking? I think in, to some extent, I always assume they're thinking the worst. And when I've actually asked them, that's not what they're thinking so that could be valuable to everybody that we think people are thinking the worst and if we actually knew that they're not and that they don't really care that much I think we could be freer um you know so 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 that's what I am for that <laughs> no, I don't know if a that's a good perspective. answer but, No, it's a good perspective
0: yeah. because as, we, as you've said we we assume the worst and then when you ask someone they tell you something totally different and yeah it's a it's a better way to live life so that you're free you're not suspicious you're not judgmental you're just like you know what all i need to do is ask and they will tell me yeah. what they're thinking i had the, the the i was on a call with on a zoom with a woman and she made a face and i
1: decided you know she didn't like me and she thought i was talking too much and that was in my brain and so when i talked to her the next time i said can i just ask you like this is what I'm thinking. And she goes, Totally not true. I think you're great. And I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I was so glad that I asked her what she was thinking because my version was very disempowering, you know. So yeah. So that I think could be valuable. Um, mm. if we knew, if we actually knew what people thought.
0: I agree. What would you tell a young lady? She she's wondering, how do I transition through life? I've been married. Now I'm facing a divorce. Is there life after divorce? How would you encourage her to take a step forward?
1: Fall in love with herself. And I I never thought that was possible because I always focused on what was wrong with me. You know, oh, I could be five pounds lower. Now I have wrinkles or whatever. And it was always focused on what wasn't good. And what I've learned is when you make something wrong, so I was making myself wrong, then you can't see any good in it. So I would have her stop looking, or she can make a list of everything she thinks is wrong with herself and then throw it away and then forgive herself and then make a list of what's good about her and fall in love with what's good and see her greatness and see her strengths and, you know, forgive whatever went wrong in the marriage just forgive it because if you don't, and if you blame yourself, I think you have like a chain around you that can never move you forward. So somehow get complete with the past and then by focusing on the good and what you're grateful for and what your strengths are and what your gifts are, move forward that way.
0: I like that. And in closing, is there anything else you'd want to tell the listener out there that's still on your heart or mind.
1: Yeah, all of us are born with greatness. I don't think we we are aware of it. I think the world, you know, the way that we think and the brain focuses on the negative and survival and scarcity. But if we can really get what's great about us, everybody has gifts. Then we can get in touch with, you know, what is our gift and what are we meant to do in the world? And how do we connect with others? And how do we bring that into the world and live this great abundant life and take off the shackles of, you know, of the, of the mind, the mind wants us to be safe. The mind doesn't want us to get hurt, but it doesn't, allow us to see our greatness and move forward and achieve something great. So that's what I would say is however you have to do it, find your gifts and give them away. That's what I would say.
0: Love it. Find your gifts and give them away. And with that, I want to appreciate you for coming on to the show. Thank you so much, Hillary.
1: Thank you. It was fun.
0: So dear listeners, hold on to these words We are all born with greatness. Find your gifts and give them away. And until next time, stay safe.